Uh, I was raised in a home of strong women. I had a grandmother who was trained in ministry and went up to the general superintendent of her her uh, denomination and asked when she would be uh, ordained. And the man said, well, we don't ordain women. And uh, she said, why not? And so she was ordained, and then the denomination waited another 40 years before they ordained women. I was raised in a home with strong women. My mother... Uh, was a strong, is a strong lady. She ran the house. She ran uh, a house that looked more like a restaurant, a hotel, and a business venture all going at the same time, up to six kids coming and going. Um, she, she just was a strong lady. I married a strong lady. Happy birthday, Mom. <laughs> Anyways, uh, she's, uh, she's been strong and been a great uh, lady in my life for a long time. And we raised a very strong lady who just led worship this morning uh, for 26 months. No matter how she felt or where everybody was, she was here leading worship. And uh, she just gives that kind of strength. So uh, I didn't know there was any other kind of woman. I just assumed that every woman was, was strong. And so uh, we want to hear from some strong ladies in our church today. And some may be new to you. Some um, you may be very well acquainted with. But they're women who are in various stages of, uh, of life. And, and uh, they have some, uh, a specific thing to uh, tell us about where they are right now. And so I'm going to ask our first speaker, who is Catherine Kazmarek, if she would come. <laughs> so good to have you, Catherine. I want you to set up right here. And before, in your introduction, do you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, tell us where, where's home originally. Born in Northern Ireland, but oh. uh, home was Ontario before here. Okay. How long have you been in Calgary? Coming up on four years. Okay. And what brought you here? Uh, well, my husband. My <laughs> Ryan He's Patrick. back there waving with the little one. Okay. Yes. And uh, what, what, what kind of work do you do? I'm a counselor, child okay. and family counseling. Okay. And you're just starting in a new season. I am, yes. Thanks Tell to many people here, uh, starting <laughs> with uh, master's counseling in a month. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're a new mom. Yes, very new. <laughs> this is your first Mother's Day. It is. So I wanted her to share with you, and uh, I know you're going to enjoy this. So go ahead. Thanks. Um, so I was asked what my experience is like as a new mom. And so in summary, I'll tell you the beginning and the end, it's been full of awe and wonder and total exhaustion and overwhelm, <laughs> of course. No one's surprised. Um, but yeah, hard to summarize what it's been like. Uh, totally incredible, I would say. This tiny little human comes into your life and steals your heart immediately. They stare into your eyes, this newborn, with just total love and dependence. They just need you so fully. Um, and you just have this incredible bond. Your presence soothes them. Um, you, just, you just connect to them like no other. And in a second, you're just considering them every second of your life. <laughs> like it's, your mind is filled with them all the time. You're suddenly living for another. Your life changes in an instant, and yet it feels so natural. 
And when I reflect on those words, I'm like, wow, that's such a good picture of how God feels towards us. And it's a really good picture of what our relationship with God should be like. We should be so dependent on him. Um, And so you let this little tiny human being turn your world upside down. You give up your freedom, your social life. (laughs) You give up your body, every ounce of energy you have in those reserve stores you didn't know you had. Um, Also, I know this isn't the setting, but what's it been like? Childbirth? That's insane. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not going to get into the details, but... Like, God made us incredible yeah. that we could do that. That's, in, like, it's, it blows my mind. I literally, I remember lo- leaving the hospital and going, okay, one, never want to do that again. <laughs> and two, I'm pretty sure I could go climb Mount Everest right now. I'm a beast. Like, <laughs> but um, also very, like, I just have so much respect for anyone who chooses to do it again, knowing what you're getting into. So praying I can get to that point. <laughs> Um, but I just, I mean, what causes me joy is just watching her grow and develop, just seeing her explore her world. The other day she discovered her nostrils, (laughs) um, but she, yeah, I just love watching her personality emerge. She's 10 months now. Her name is Charlotte Yvonne Kazmarek, and we call her Charlie, which fits her personality, I think, quite well. She's very (laughs) smiley, very social. She's full of drive, and she's very persistent. She knows how to express herself um, and what she wants, um, and she's always on the move, you'll see now. So put all that together, and I'm basically just being dragged around by the finger all day. Um, But once in a while, she'll just lean in and give you a little hug or a slobbery kiss, and it's, you just like, you freeze. You lap up every second of it, because it's a little slice of heaven. However, what's it been like? I mean, many people will tell you your first year with a child is so hard, and it's hard on relationships, it's hard on families, it's hard on marriages, and that's definitely been true for us too. Um, At times I felt totally alone, whether that was four in the morning after hours of rocking her or three in the afternoon after hours of walking up and down the house. It's it's lonely. Um, I felt disappointed by unmet expectations about what maternity leave would be like, what her first year would be like. I felt overwhelmed with being a caregiver um, and just feeling like, whether it was true or not, that there was no one to take care of me. I struggled to get my needs met, for sure, and I felt angry and bitter at times. And so my prayers became really simple and really focused on the present. It was basically, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, over and over again. I asked for... God, give me the patience for this moment. God, give me the grace I need today. Lord, I need, I need wisdom. How do I handle this sleep regression? Fortunately, there are many mamas in this church who I know surrounded us, and I got to call on many of you. So thank you for that. And get, Lord, give me the strength I need for tomorrow when I go to bed exhausted, knowing I'll be up in two hours. <laughs> um, I also, like many mamas, I imagine, prayed for Charlie's protection but not from the difficulties in life. I pray for her protection through the difficulties. Right, very good. And this, I think, is a prayer that's been a part of a much longer journey for me with God. Um, But I'm no longer under the illusion that life is about my comfort, my happiness, or that I have much control. I think as soon as you, you know, go through a relationship breakup or you have a diagnosis or there's an accident, you realize how little control you have. 
And so my prayer for Charlie is that she would trust God regardless of the outcomes in life. Um, this is important to me because I think I really struggled with anxiety before she was born. Um, and for me, that looked like perfectionism and control. It looks different for different people. Um, and after going through some difficult seasons and some counseling, I realized that what I'd lost that was leading to this anxiety was a, a childlike faith that God is good and that he's in mm, control. I'd lost that peace. Um, and so... Really, when I realized that's what it was, I was almost restored immediately because I know that's not true. I know that God is ultimately in control. And when I place myself in a bigger story, that peace comes back. That no matter what happens on this side of heaven, God is working it all out for good. Mm. And so as I'm processing this as a mother now, I realize I can't protect Charlie from hurt, from pain, from disappointment. And I do not want her spending her life avoiding those things because it's in our vulnerability and in our weakness that we learn to lean on God. And so I pray that Charlie's trust, that her faith in God would grow strong and robust. I pray that she would be strong in vulnerability, reliant on God. I pray that both she and I would be so dependent on God like she is on me now. And I pray that she would be secure in his faithfulness. And so God has definitely answered these prayers for me. Uh, he showed up every day and carried me through the long nights and the hard days. He gave me compassion and patience I needed. Um, and he gave me strength for tomorrow. And I can tell you that I've had many more reasons to be anxious since Charlie is born, and I have not felt anxious. He has definitely showed up for me. I have leaned on him more than any other season of my life. And I would say that that healing that he worked in me um, helped me grow more secure in his faithfulness just in time, I would say, to be that secure base for Charlie, to be able to hold that space for her. So that's been a bit of my journey. That's so good. Thank you. Thank you. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Ryan is her husband. Uh, we've known Ryan for a long time. He went to school at Heritage, and you never taught him, though, did you? In Rev. Okay. Okay. So... Uh, that's that's really cool. What would be what would be the highlight for you this year, this past year? I loved um, my family. All lives in Ontario, and so they came out to visit one by one, and then started cycling back through a second time. <laughs> and I just love watching her get to know them. I love seeing people relate to her and her relate to them. I just love seeing those connections built outside of myself. It just it was so special seeing how much they doted on her and how she folded into our family and was extra special in their eyes. Just talk for a second or two about, so you've moved out here, you knew Ryan's family, mm -hmm. but you, you sort of had to build a whole new circle of friends and family, and you've done pretty well here, I think. And uh, how, uh, what, what, what was the secret to doing that? How did you do that? No, I think I was really fortunate. Um, so a best friend of mine from back home introduced Ryan and I. And so we had a circle of friends that kind of came with that relationship. But they were all the same as us. And they were all the same age. They were all, you know, kind of thought and did the same kind of things. And so it's been really special for me finding this church where I can relate to people of different ages, coming from different backgrounds and communities and that's what feels like family to me. I mean, I don't think the same as my family back home. We're all very different people. <laughs> um, and I think that's 
so important to me. So that's, I think, been, I think, really the beginning of starting to feel like home here is connecting to uh, people here in this church. I think one of the great things about uh, this couple is that they've been active in reaching out to discover new friendships and relationships. Uh, I know you've called Debbie and said, do you want to go for a walk? And, and I know that you've had lots of hospitality opportunities and things. And so if you don't know this couple, this is a couple you want to know. You want to get to know them. And uh, I think that. Thank you so much for sharing. It was so great to have you. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you. I, uh, I love that we have this kind of celebration uh, for mothers and for fathers, and that's really cool. But uh, not everybody gets to be a mom, not everybody gets to be a dad, and so this can be kind of a difficult day. So I asked somebody who isn't a mom if they would share, and so I'm going to ask Roberta Bell if she would come, and uh, she's going to share. Come on up. And uh, she's going to share something of her experience. Um, Roberta, I'm going to start with some of the same questions because I think everybody, just about everybody knows you, but uh, just slide in here so you've got, I have a microphone, but you need one, okay? Okay. So you've lived in Calgary for how long? Since 1981. Okay. And you're now retired? Yes. You were doing what? What, what was your work? I was an office manager for an electrical contractor. Okay. And you, um, you where's home originally? Well, when I was born in Nanaimo, but we moved around a few times. Okay. Uh, we were in Revelstoke over my teen years for 10 years. And then I was in Cranbrook for a couple of years. Then I came here. Okay, okay. Um, Roberta was here when I got here. Um, she helped with a church plant, and uh, she's back with us now. Um, she's involved in various places and has done various things. The, the thing that I'm just going to tell on you a bit here. Um, at the last couple of staff meetings, we've been doing reviews on, um, on our small group things. And here's the word on the street. Roberta's hilarious. <laughs> She's hilarious. So <laughs> there's, there's a few people who don't know that. But anyways... Roberta, thanks so much for sharing. I want you to share your story. Okay. I actually was married for seven years. And you know, the hardest part about not having children was in that seven-year period. Um, it ended in divorce. And once you are divorced, that means you're free. That means you don't have to cook dinner every night. <laughs> Or any of that stuff. <laughs> um, you can do what you want, but it also means that you have to work because you have to support your, what you want to do. I was okay with that. When I came here, um, like I said, it was 1981. I had, over that whole period of time, only two jobs. One, and in between the two jobs, the first the first company closed the doors. And that wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> but I was off for about three or four weeks in between there. And it, it was fine. I started working right away. And that reminds me that God takes care of us. Right. 
That's uh, right. Isaiah Good. 54 says, For your creator will be your husband. The Lord of heaven's armies is his name. He is your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of all the earth. God takes care of us. If we listen to what he says and do what he is motioning and telling and begging right. us to do, right. <laughs> he takes care of us. Um, my notes. It was difficult not being a mother at times, but I have a sister who has shared, shared her children with me. So every Mother's Day, when we celebrate that she is a mother, we celebrate that I am their aunt. <laughs> nice. Great. And that, that is a major, that is a really good thing. And she has a really good heart. Um, the thing about being single and not being a mother is you can be alone a lot, especially if you live alone. But in the end, I decided that was my choice. If I wanted to be alone, you don't have to be alone. You can go out and you can do a lot of different things. You can get involved in, in children's programs. You can, you can have relationships if you want. With children, I'm meaning, not with men. <laughs> uh, just thought I'd better clear that up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and I, I uh, whoops. <laughs> um, I have traveled uh, quite a bit. I've been to Israel three times. And twice it was with the Niglo conference. And I love, I love Israel. Yeah. If you ever have an opportunity to yes. go, uh, go. I just need to go one more time so I can see the salt at Eilat. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. Um, but I've been to Italy, to Mexico. The first place I ever went was actually to Jamaica. And that really opened my eyes to travel because we got off the plane and we were white, but there were, they were all black. <laughs> and, and it was, I had never seen as many black people ever anywhere. But it was a wonderful holiday. And that really gave me the, the desire to travel. And so I have, I have traveled and it's, it's great. I, I do have nieces and nephews, and I was figuring out how many there was. And there is uh, six nieces, seven nephews, and then great nieces and great nephews, because I'm over a certain age now, um, six of each. Some of them walk with the Lord, and sometimes it's easy to pray for them. And some of them, it's like, what in the world? God, did you see that? What are they doing? You need to protect them. And my prayer is that they would hear God. They would know what God is saying to them. And they would, when they listen, they would know to obey. Because when they listen and they hear God, it's what God tells them that is important. And what we need to realize is what he is telling you to do. Sometimes you think, God, really? 
but that is the best choice for you. Right. That is the best plan for you. And so we need to listen and we need to obey that. Um, another story I'm going to tell on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the debit room, and when I'm in the debit room, I usually have a bunch of kids with me. And there's one little boy there, and every time we go in the debit room, he fires me. <laughs> but he gives me, he wants a piece of paper, so I give him a piece of paper. And he writes, starts off with a dollar sign, and he writes numbers, and he fills the whole paper with numbers. <laughs> That's my severance check. <laughs> I don't need a job. <laughs> I feel so blessed. I think, what a wonderful kid. And what a heart of gold. Like, what kid is going to think to do that? <laughs> I thought, it's just wonderful. So this one day, I go in, and, and he says that again, only this time it, was, it felt different to me. And I think, I said, well, does that mean that I'm going to another job? And right away, without a moment's hesitation, he said yes. And I thought, oh, well, <laughs> I don't know what, but okay. A week or two later, I was asked to do the ladies' Bible study. <laughs> oh, okay. So then, the next time I'm in, in the debit room, he, he fires me again. <laughs> but this time it's different because of what happened the time before. I thought, well, God, what else could I do? <laughs> <laughs> but, but only God knows. God knows everything. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that was just a fun little thing we did. <laughs> I mean, who knows? But, and I pray for protection, as I said, over the the nieces and the nephews. And Dominic, I pray for you too. <laughs> it doesn't matter how old you are or who you belong to. <laughs> because sometimes you see things. Yeah. And then you know you need to pray. Um, I was really concerned one, one day, and we were in worship. It had just started, and it was the very first song. Right away, and I think sometimes it's really a good idea to pay attention, but <laughs> but because sometimes I'm distracted. <laughs> but I heard very clearly, just watch and see what I will do. I don't have to worry about what they're doing, the choices they're making, where they're going. I don't have to worry about that. I already prayed about that. God right. is looking after that. And he does what I missed about Cullen. Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They're not offended. What I missed about Cullen is that God can speak through children. Yes. He can and he yeah. does. Yeah. If we're paying attention and if we listen. And it's becoming more and more aware to me that God speaks in so many different ways. We expect them all to be just, a, just a, right. a certain way. And, you know, we're supposed to hear God talk, right? And right. so I'm at home, and I'm waiting to hear God talk. 
Well, you have to be quiet, right? <laughs> I fall asleep. I'm sleeping. <laughs> I woke up. Oh, God, that didn't work. So we've got to try it again. <laughs> but anyway, I'm getting distracted here. Um, I was concerned whether I should make this, and you know what, this is what it is, it's like what I'm saying. Some people might be out there and their hearts might be broken because they have no children. But, but actually I need to go to the next page. Uh, in Isaiah it says, Sing, O childless woman, you who have never given birth, break, it, break into loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem, you who have never been in labor. For the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. And you know, when I, when I read that, and I, you know, it was quoted to me over the years, and if that's all you hear, is that so helpful? But when you dig deeper, this is what the footnote said. To sing in the face of such a state would be a cruel act were it not for the power of the song. Isaiah's word is to deal with the barrenness through worship to enthrone God in song in order to release his miraculous provision. Very good. One more thing. I don't know if I said everything was on here, but one more thing I wanted to say is a couple of, just a couple of days ago, I had a dream. And the night before, I was thinking, well, should I make this sound happy? But the dream <laughs> was, I was at work, and of course I don't work anymore, but the people that were at, it was, it was the office I worked at, but there was like 10 girls, and there's never been 10 girls in that, in that office ever, um, like three. But there was, and in the door walked my mother, who has been gone for 10 plus years. And I know she's in heaven rejoicing with the angels, but I, when she walked in the door, she had gained like 100 pounds. <laughs> I said, you were on holiday touring. What were you doing? What happened? And she said, oh, oh, just wait till I tell you. And the joy, the joy and the happiness that, that radiated right from her, it was amazing. All the girls in the office had to hug my mom. And... She had broke her glasses, and I don't know why that was in there. It would bend. And so I was in, in the, you know, looking for glue for these glasses. <laughs> and finally, she finally comes in, and, and she said, i got to tell you. She was so joyful. And now I'm thinking, well, did she just take a, take a, a holiday and just come down to visit me from heaven? Like, she was so happy. She had never been that happy ever on earth. <laughs> that, that, that she was just so happy. It was just amazing. I better quit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go anywhere. <laughs>
<laughs> very good, very good. Roberta, the question that burns in our hearts is, who is your favorite nephew and niece? <laughs> it has to be the one that's in the room, isn't it? <laughs> is this on TV? <laughs> <laughs> Let's say it's not. Let's say it's not. <laughs> yes, it's the, the ones in the room. Okay, okay. Good, 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 good. Um, and you know where the other one is? <laughs> Way to go, Kyle. So proud of you. Kyle is, uh, is Roberta's niece. Our nephew. Nephew. Sorry. <laughs> nephew. Sorry. Sorry. Um, Roberta, what is, what is the greatest joy that you have right now? I think the children. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She serves just in so many areas. Uh, this, during this last season, she... Had ladies Bible study Monday, comes to prayer Tuesday, and was in a small group on Wednesday. Now let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, tell us. Satan it. is having a hissy fit. <laughs> this week, well, last week was a whole other story, but, but this week I had um, vertigo. Oh, okay. But, and I thought, I'm going to have to call and cancel. I'm not going to be able to make it up here. And I thought, no, I don't really think that's... And it only lasted one day. Good deal. Good deal. Good the boy deal. was I sick. <laughs> Good I do want to make sure that everybody realizes that there's severance for volunteers, apparently. That's the best part going. <laughs> <laughs> so good to have you thank you so much for sharing yeah it's great uh, it takes more than uh, one person to, or a family to raise children it takes a community and uh, part of our community is next uh, Davy Duramdale, come on and talk. She has uh, two sons. They're growing. They're, uh, they have their own homes. And so I've asked her, what does that look like? How do you pray? What do you do at that point in time? So come and, come and share with us. Tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all. Is that in there? Nope. Okay. Uh, tell us where home was originally small country in South America called Guyana. Okay. I think there's another guy, famous <laughs> Guyanese over there. <laughs> um, tell us, uh, where do you work? Uh, I work with a small company called CIBC. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you give leadership to what there? A few people, probably about 180. Yeah. Okay. I think I have a couple in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Share with us and then I'll come back. All right, so Pastor Bill asked me uh, three questions, and I, I love how politically correct he is. <laughs> um, the very last question, in his verbiage, my verbiage is, how do you keep your mouth shut and pray intelligently? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> um, yes, as, as, as PB alluded, I do have two uh, grown kids. Um, from the secular perspective, uh, incredibly successful, their own homes, careers, wives, all that good stuff. Um, 
how do I battle? These are children that were born in this house and right where Alec is sitting, that was their seat until university. So much for secular universities. Um, where are they right now with the Lord? They're, in simple English, they're not living as they should. They're good people, um, but they need to come back to Jesus. That's the long and short of the story. How do I pray for them? Like any typical mother, I battle daily for all the usual stuff, their protection, their provision, um, their career, their wives, their future children, whatever the case may be. Um, what I come up against is, um, and I have a problem with, is the enemy using my kids as target practice. Um, if you know me, I'm fairly fierce. <laughs> David finds that funny. It's not that funny, David. <laughs> um, so this battleground, I love the, the first speaker, actually, all the speakers, but specifically, she spoke about anxiety. Right. Uh, newsflash, it doesn't go away. <laughs> so uh, as a Christian mom, Battling for my kids, I am well aware of the battlefield. The scriptures tells us that we fight not, our battle is not in the flesh realm, it's a spiritual battle. So often things hit my children. Um, you know, the last little while there's been health challenges, relational challenges, whatever the case may be. And sometimes it's very, it's very painful. And, and when, when your children, I, you know, when David finishes uh, and opens his clinic, I'm going to be one of his first clients. <laughs> because I do not know how to disassociate. So I own this stuff. And sometimes it's to the point, when I know my kids are hurting, it's to the point of, my gosh, I sit I have this favorite spot. I sit with my, my Bible, and I, I always have a journal. And it's to the point where I don't even have the strength or the ability to pray. Sometimes it's that bad. W what do I do? How do I move from that point to, to, to wherever I need to be? I take out my journal, and I start writing to Jesus. I'm a big writer. I pen my, my, my prayers pages later. That then, that then gives me the strength um, to open up the word, and, and I have to, to frame then who I am in him and who he is to them. And then I could move on to verbalizing what is in my heart and actually declaring warfare. Some of the favorite scriptures that I go to, um, Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you. Uh, Hebrews 10, uh, 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for we can trust him. We can trust his promises. And I wash myself in the scripture. First, I have to, to quell my anxiety and my fears, because I'm a big part of the problem. As a matter of fact, my husband says I'm all of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can go and battle with intelligence. I can declare warfare. Yeah. But that's how we have to fight for our children. Right. We have to recognize um, where we are and what is going on. It isn't, it isn't about what we see in this realm. It is what's happening behind. Yes. Yeah. Because 
you know, these children were meant for a great purpose. That's right. And they That's are God. meant for That's kingdom purpose. Yeah. And that will happen. That's now, right. God's timing in mind, it's a little bit different, you know. I might be on the Abraham and Sarah calendar where <laughs> she had this baby at age 100. I don't know that. I don't know his timing. When I go to heaven, I'm going to have some questions. That's all I'm saying. Um, but we, needless to say, we can't, we can't be hopeless we can't, we can't allow ourselves to be there right. because his plan and his purpose does not fit into our calendars. Very good. Very good. Um, we all have an agenda. You know, as mothers, the beautiful young mom with the baby, she's got a vision for her little, is it a girl? Yeah, Charlie. She's yeah. got a vision for her little girl. And she's, I know that I know she has a timeline. You know, she wants to see this happen here, <laughs> there, and, you know, perfect little baby at age 25, university degree, good job. She's going to walk through here. Pastor Bill's going to marry them. Two years <laughs> after, there's going to be, you know, all of, we all have those beautiful visions. And you know, when all of those boxes are not ticked, as mothers, you know, we, we are at a place where our hearts are heavy and we're, we're despondent and, and we try to shove it down. And, and that in itself is cancerous. Again, David has more clients. <laughs> um, so what I'm saying is, let's get to the place of trust. Yes, that's good. Let's get to the place where we, we lift up our kids daily and say, Father, your will be done. Your will be done. God, help me. Help me to believe. Like the guy said in the, in the scripture, help my unbelief. Right, right. Help my unbelief. That's my prayer daily, Pastor. That's so cool. So cool. Very good. <clears throat> um, this lady's not only fierce, she's fearless, okay? Um, <laughs> there was there was a troubled person who came into the church a few years ago, many years ago, and uh, <laughs> Davey came up and said, do you want me to take care of this? <laughs> and, and I love that about her. Um, our, both of our kids have worked with her and for her and uh, have learned so much for your li from your life. Um, what... What's the best thing that you do right now? What, what brings you joy? Not working at Wood Gundy, no. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> We're not on TV or anything. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, what brings me joy? Um, you know, I, I have been given this platform to help a lot of young people and to yeah. be able to speak really into cool. their to their lives. And even though it's a secular setting, Holy Spirit does not leave you alone. Right. He's with us 24-7. So I am able in my own quiet way download that. Because, you know, when you're in a leadership position in that world, you have to be careful yeah. how you deploy information as such. Um, but that doesn't stop me. <laughs> um, so that, that's a good thing. That's very yeah. cool. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, Davey. It's so good. So we've had a new mom. We've had um, 
someone who hasn't been a mom. We've had a mom of adult children. Now I'm going to ask a grandma to come. Ella, come. Uh, Ella is, uh, has been a good friend of ours. Many of, uh, many of you will remember when Jeff used to come and visit. Uh, he was her husband and uh, came here every year, and, and we loved when Jeff would come. Then it's about 20 years ago. 20 years ago that Jeff passed away, and then we were very happy when she moved west and came to live with us, or came to live and be part of us here. Uh, Ella, come tell us the story. You, uh, where's home originally? Where I was born? Yeah. Weyburn, Saskatchewan. <laughs> and uh, you were married to Jeff for a long time. You have how many kids? I have three kids. Uh, let's see. Uh, where do you work? I work at Masters. <laughs> we've been letting them know we're going to slowly take them over. Uh, we've got two counselors and uh, the office manager here at this church, so uh, we're, we're slowly taking over. Um, and you, you work there, and uh, sometimes you fly out to Vancouver to give supervision to your granddaughter when she's at, uh, when mom and dad are at work. At work, yeah. Okay. Um, Share with us what you what you do as a grandma. Well, I just wanted to go on record and say that being a grandparent is way more fun than being a parent. <laughs> it and and don't get me wrong, I loved being a mom. I loved raising my kids, but you know, when I sit and listen to Catherine, I think I remember those days. <laughs> like when you go to bed exhausted. See, now when I have my grandkids come over, I can be exhausted, but I can give them back to their parents, <laughs> and then I sleep. <laughs> it's great. Um, when Bill asked me, he gave me a couple of questions to answer, so I'm just going to uh, work through them. He, one of them was, how do I pray for my grandkids? Um, and of course, we've heard it here this morning, I pray for protection over their body, over their mind, over their, their spirit. Um, I ask the Holy Spirit to put angels around them just to protect them every day. Um, I speak a, and pray a blessing over them. Number six, you know, the Lord keep you and bless you and give you peace. I speak that over their lives every day. Right, right. That they would know his um, his peace and know that he is the Lord is their helper. Um, and I think the the thing that that I I have such a sense of, for lack of a better word, I'll say urgency, is that I really pray for destiny on their lives that they will as they grow. Look, my my oldest granddaughter is turning 13 in August. My youngest one, newborn baby. Um, but I, I really pray that they will um, understand and know the destiny that's on their lives. Um, that they can make a difference in their world. That the Lord can speak to them. Roberta talked about um, how the Lord can show children things. And, and so I, I actually, when I, when I pray, I say, God, you know, show your goodness to them. Give them visions. Give them dreams that they'll know that they'll know it's from you. 
Um, and then the next, I pray for their parents because we all know it's, it's a family thing. And I, I pray that uh, Holy Spirit would give them as parents insight and wisdom as they raise their children and that they would always make time to listen to their children and what they're really saying. And as parents, that's really hard to do at times. So I, I just ask, Lord, remind them to really sit and listen to their kids. And then lastly, I pray for myself when it comes to my children or my grandchildren. Um, that, I'm, that when I'm with them, I would be present I don't want to be so preoccupied with stuff that I miss something that's really being said. I want my spirit to be sensitive, to pick up on little nuances. I want them to know that I'm interested in who they are and what they're doing. Um, I want to impart to them that God loves them unconditionally and is always faithful. He never leaves, even when life gets complicated. And for kids, life can get pretty complicated. And they need to know that the Lord is always with them. Um, Back in March, I read this statement, and it it is stuck with me, and I I pray into it all the time. Um, It says, the statement is, the world needs our holy audacious, faith-filled prayers. So I just turn it to my grandkids, and I say this. My grandchildren need my holy, audacious, faith-filled prayers. Right. Very good. Um, And just at the end of the day, I want my grandkids to know that I love them no matter what, that I pray for them continually, that I'm here to listen, that spending time with grandma is really fun. (laughs) Very good, very good. (laughs) You have five grandkids, you have four granddaughters, and a brand new grandson uh, who was born three weeks ago, ago. okay, and so uh, her hands are full. Um, what's the best part of of being grandma when they're at home at your house? Uh, best, I don't know. We have a lot of fun. I think the. I mean, obviously, the best part is when they look at you and, and they and they call me gummy, <laughs> which is not because I have dentures. Just so you know, it's it's not that there's anything wrong with having dentures. <laughs> It's just that it's a combination of mummy and grandma, so it comes out gummy. Anyways, um, they, they call me gummy, and uh, they'll periodically look at me and say, gummy, you're the best. <laughs> that makes my day. That's so cool. That's so cool. Um, your grandkids uh, are, some of them are in school. How many? Three of them? Four, four girls are in school now. Um, how does that how does that change things? What do you pray harder when they're in school or? Absolutely. I mean, it opens up a whole new world for them. Um, 
And, and they learn all kinds of things and all kinds of words and just things that I don't know. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it, but you know what? It, we talked about it earlier on, you know, we trust the Lord right. in everything. What, what prepared you to be a grandmother? Nothing. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. It's different than mothering, right? It is completely, well, I shouldn't say completely, but it is different. Um, there's, such, there's such freedom in being a grandma. <laughs> no rules. <laughs> That's right. I mean, when they come to my house, they can eat chocolate. I don't care. <laughs> Um, if, if we were to pray for grandmas, one, what's one of the things we should pray for grandmas? Just pray that, um, well, strength for the grandma, but, um, just that we all as grandparents will just have ears, ears that hear Mm -hmm. and pick up on things. Thanks so much, Ella. So good. So good been a great morning just to hear from different perspectives and how God, God works at the different seasons and phases of our life. I, uh, I, I want to say that as uh, the father of this house, I sure appreciate the women who serve so well and serve so faithfully and with such strength in this house. Uh, ladies that you've heard from today are strong. Uh, the ladies in the leadership are strong. And, and so many of you have just been faithful and there and prayed and volunteered. And we're just so grateful for your work in this house. And we have really believed and we have had several things that have come to us this year that says this is the year that we see some fulfillment to all of the work, all of the sowing that's come. And so let's just pray that way. Father... What a great, great thing that you had in mind when you developed the family, when you put strength in a dad and wisdom in a mom, when you, when you sewed family together and made that the building block of society. We're so grateful for the families that are represented here and families that have gone through so much and have struggled but are standing firm, standing tall, standing here as a testimony of your goodness, your faithfulness, your provision. And so today, in the name of Jesus, we declare life over every household that's represented. We declare strength and courage to carry on. I thank you for what Catherine said early in, in her testimony, that God, we, we don't make it through unscathed or untouched by difficulty, but we have to count on you, be totally dependent on you. And so, Father, we declare our dependence on you. We need your strength. We need your wisdom. We need your direction. We need your your insight into what's going on. Today, I pray for every woman in this house. I bless them. I thank you for the leadership, for the, for the strength, for the gifts, the talents, and the abilities that you've put inside of them, for the vision that you've given to them. And I'm asking God that you'd enlarge the vision, enlarge the ability and influence that they have. God, you've, you've ordained them to be people who gather others to yourself. And so, God, will you release that in them? Make this a, a great day for them, an enjoyable day, a, a blessed day, we pray. Father, we're thankful for what you're doing in our house and where, how you're leading and guiding us. Keep doing that. We're, we're following you with our whole heart, and we're believing you for good things. We thank you in the name of Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. So good to see you.